0: Welcome to the GazetteNet UMass Sports Podcast. My name's Kyle Grabowski, and I am joined by Matt Vautour. We are in one of the busier seasons of the year. We've got UMass football, basketball, and hockey to talk about coming right up. All right, Matt, speaking of the UMass football team, they have not played a game in two weeks. Um, th- this is kind of an, an odd circumstance for them. What were the circumstances surrounding them to have these double bye weeks?
1: Well, the, you, UMass was supposed to play South at South Florida on Saturday, um, and they... Canceled that game because South Florida lost a game earlier this season because of the because of the hurricane um, and had to reshuffle their schedule to play a full American Athletic Conference slate, which was is obviously important when you're trying to determine a champion. So uh, UMass agreed to make the switch, and certainly UMass would like to someday be in the American Athletic Conference, so doing things that help them can't hurt that at all. Um, So they dropped the South Florida game. UMass is now playing uh, Florida International, um, who had games also affected by the the hurricane, um, on December 2nd. So uh, it created UMass is now playing on Championship Week, provided Florida International is not in the Conference USA Championship game, game, and had two weeks off in a row. Probably for an o and six football team it's probably not a bad thing a chance to to practice a little um, practice a little bit more, get some guys healthy i I, I think that this is this is something probably f- to give them a little bit of a fresh start feeling that they could certainly
0: use so you mentioned getting healthy they they seemed like they just had a ton of guys dinged up does it look like everyone's going to be ready to go, or do you have any kind of injury updates? My
1: understanding is that the guy, the guys that were hurt, Lee Moses, Isaiah Rogers, Bakari Goodson, Adam Brenneman played uh, in the last game but but hasn't been 100% for a while. My understanding is that all those guys will be full go uh, on Saturday. Now, it's, it's worth always putting a caveat on that. UMass practices are closed, and... Injury information has not uh, during the week has not always refle- been reflected by what happens on the field on Saturday. So, if one of those guys doesn't play Saturday, I, I, that wouldn't be stunning. But but at, at this point, I, I, I think usually when that's the case, they'll they'll say somebody's a game time decision or
0: whatever. And the fact that they've said everybody's full go it makes me believe that that's probably the case. So coming into this game, UMass had had a series of. Close but no cigar games, where they, you know, you almost win at Tennessee. You had this tremendous, almost Big Ten basketball score shootout <laughs> against Ohio, and then you come to this game against Georgia Southern, where you feel like if they don't win this game, they're in a lot of trouble because Georgia Southern's kind of in the same boat.
1: Yeah, this is two teams that are. This is two teams that come in. They're, they're both one of five teams in the FBS without a win. Um, so both of these games, come, both of these teams, come into this game. Pretty badly needing a needing a win. Uh, UMass is at home. They've had time to prepare. They've had time to heal. It's it's the optimal conditions for a team needing a win. So that certainly uh, certainly I would I would say bodes well, but we'll see.
0: So that's Matt. That's kind of a, a far cry from the history between these two teams. Yeah, the,
1: these teams these teams um, have some just about twenty year old history now as uh, as they were they played each other in the uh, 1998 Division One National Championship, a game that kind of launched UMass as a football. It changed UMass's football f- uh, future from that that point. I, I think I have to believe if they hadn't had the success of that season, it's hard to believe they'd be in the FBS now. Uh, that was Mark Whipple's first season of his first tenure at UMass, and and it that. Uh, it's kind of a magical run, and I, I think people will think a lot about, I think playing Georgia Southern will, will kind of bring back some memories of that game. The teams played again. Georgia Southern won in 1999. They beat a, a banged-up UMass team in, in Statesboro in another good game. So um, these teams have some history, but right now uh, I think the, the present is, is pretty important for both of them.
0: So in terms of Georgia Southern, like they they haven't played a ton of these close games that Umass has and you know but they've they've kept up with it. So at this point like how do you, how do you think Umass is approaching the game?
1: Well the the two week bye helped too in that George Southern plays an option type offense that they've been noted for that for for a long time and so they've had an opportunity to to get the scout team ready to mimic that more than they would have in a in a shorter situation. I I think uh, I think Umass will go into this I think they'll try. They'll go into it trying to be confident. I think the
0: way the start of the game goes will affect whether that holds up. And that's always the thing when you play the option, is if you can sneak up on somebody and you're running it and they don't really know what to do, then you can catch some teams off guard. But if a team is practiced with it and prepared for it, then they can kind of make it look like a high school offense.
1: Yeah, the, and Charleston Southern was effective against – I mean, uh, Coastal Carolina, rather, was effective with – against UMass, running the option earlier this year. it be interesting to see how UMass has grown.
0: So given that, we're going we're gonna to pull the ball out from the fullback and, and pitch it over to the hockey team, which you, <laughs> you've gotten to see more recently than the football team. Matt, this was a highly anticipated start to this season for the UMass hockey team. How have they measured against that hype so far? I think anybody that is invested in it, anybody that roots for UMass hockey, has to have
1: watched this and feel like there's a lot of reason for optimism from it. They've, they've looked pretty good. They lost their first game against Arizona State, but they bounced back and were much better in their second game against Arizona State. They played very well to beat a union program that's been one of the nation's best programs over the past you know 10 years or so, um, and then handled AIC the way you'd want them to handle AIC uh, the following night. So, it's been two weekends. UMass is 3-1. and one. This is a team that won five games a year ago, so certainly to, to have 60% of last year's wins already certainly uh, I think is something that feels good. The freshmen are clearly talented. Um, they sometimes play like freshmen, but the talent has shown through in a lot of situations. Um, I, I think there's – I think Johnny Leonard has probably exceeded his – expectations um he's he's an Amherst product that uh playing forward for UMass has played very well early on the two defensemen Cale McCarr who's the number four overall pick of the Colorado Avalanche um Mario Ferraro who is a second round pick of the San Jose Sharks the um those two guys have both been played really well um they're they it's clear what the the their puck moving ability, how it affects the breakout, how it affects the power play, um, but guys like Oliver Chow have have shown some um a lot of potential. It's kind of up and down the lineup, and Nico Rufo, who's the uh, fifty year transfer from Providence, has been better than I think they anticipated. So there's a lot of hockey left to be played, and and a lot of grinding still still to happen, but. They've looked good so far, and I, I think that the, there's reason to be optimistic. Ohio State should present a uh, should present a test this weekend. That's a that's a Big Ten program that that uh, that's had some success. Be inter- but the game's in Amherst. It'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd UMass draws. Be interesting to see how how the uh, the players handle it.
0: I think one of the conversations that we had throughout last season was. Greg Carver wants to play this certain style, and maybe the players he has don't quite line up with that is the team he has now a better fit for how he wants them to play
1: they are uh, they're 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 kind of more reliable defensively they're um, they're they play more physically than than um than the predecessors and um, and I think I don't know that they're they're playing at the way the style that he wants them to play just yet. But the potential for them to play, I, I think, is definitely there.
0: Well, he'll he's in, he was in the spot last year that I think Matt McCall will probably find himself in this year, being a new coach at this program and, and dealing with all of the change he's had. Um, there's been already even more turnover with the UMass basketball team. What what's been some of the the early season, early practice going on? It's been a rough preseason for for UMass. Uh,
1: for the The biggest news has been that Jalen Brantley, the fifty year transfer from Maryland, who was expected to be kind of a bridge guy to to some of the 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 future of the program, um, he's not going to play. He's he has uh, they found a heart condition using um, uh, kind of on a routine EKG that it wouldn't be safe for him to continue his his basketball career, and it's obviously a sad story, but it. Would have been could have been I mean he, he was somebody that had he continued to play that could have been a massive tragedy that that um, so his career is over um, he'll stay at UMass he'll he'll be part of the program this year and in a role that's kind of yet to be determined I would imagine he will be kind of a student coach that that kind of thing he'll he'll stay on campus to to pursue his graduate degree um, but for now he, he's a guy they'll miss uh, they'll miss him. Because he had scoring potential, he's a guy that can shoot three pointers. That that that's not a strength for for UMass right now. And when you're trying to take some of the the defensive uh, the defensive traffic away from the middle where Rashawn Holloway operates, um, he's somebody that can shoot over it would, would have helped. Um, it hurts them depth wise. Uh, Luan Pipkins, C.J. Anderson, those two guys are going to play have to play a ton of minutes. For UMass, it's going to make Carl Pierre, who's a uh, freshman guard, it's going to make him have to play more minutes early than maybe they w- would have liked. Unique McLean, his role kind of what his role is is kind of uncertain, but it, it, it's certainly increased um, with, with Brantley gone. So this, this has uh, the makings of a bit of a, a challenging year. So then on top of that, Rashawn Holloway going up for a rebound broke, um, broke his left thumb. Uh, which is, will knock him out for, for a few weeks. And so he's the guy that – he's the piece that UMass has that very few teams can match up with. Um, he's, a, he's a true center. He he's, has those kind of skills, um, was having a, having a good preseason, somebody they were counting on to be, to be a presence, to be a scorer, to be a rebounder, and he's, he's not going to be in position to, uh, to do that now um for at least a little while and so the question is can he keep his can he keep up his um his stamina can he keep up his conditioning while he's he's hurt how quickly can he get back to uh to full strength and
0: and you know these are questions that will all be answered in time but it's not
1: what you hoped for 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 if you're
0: umass so is he is he right-handed or we're not going to see him like shot putting free throws with his offhand like greg odin
1: yeah, no, he uh, yeah he is right he is right handed. His, his, his injury is is to his left hand. It was original Matt McCall originally had said it was his right hand. It's not it's his left, um, and so that's that's if there's good news to this or if the news if there's less bad news, it's it's to his non shooting hand. But uh,
0: but it'll, I mean it'll still uh, still take some time. So you had mentioned some of the guys that UMass has left and has back. Um, you know what do they like? What are they really going to have to do to try and stay competitive and be in some of these games? Is there a style they're going to play, or like how are they, how are they approaching this? I'm curious
1: to be honest because I I think at least at the beginning McCall wants to play his up tempo trap press style, and I, I think he's going to s- s- see if they can make that work. I and th- that's always the that's always the question for a new coach. Do you pl- do you create a style based on the players that you have, or do you um, try to put in your your system right away, knowing that maybe that in that first year it's not not going to be ideal? I think um, I think in this situation the fact that the poten- the potential to struggle exists, no matter what system you play, I think it probably makes sense to, to try to do that and, and, and see what you, what you can. You can get from it and see what how these guys fit for the the future. It certainly makes Luwan Pipkins maybe the most indispensable player UMass has. He's with Brantley gone. He's the he's a ball handler. He's a guy that can shoot. He's he's a little bit streaky as a shooter, but he, he he's going to be I'm I'm sure asked to do it a fair amount. Um He's as good an on ball defender as UMass has. He's he's a guy that can when in a press situation he's a guy that can, can rattle somebody else. So his conditioning and, and his uh, his ability not to wear down or break down is becomes very, very important.
0: Matt, you recently got back from Washington and the Atlantic Ten Media Day. You know what what happened there, I guess. We'll just Well th-
1: UMass was picked twelfth.
0: Um and that's and those votes were in
1: before Brantley uh, the Brantley announcement. So it's possible they'd have been lower. How many teams are in the conference? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um,
0: so not much room to go down. No. But still.
1: But yeah, it's possible that they they might have been lower w- without him. Um, and no UMass player was on any of the uh, any of the preseason all conference teams. Um, I think that it was a little bit surprising that 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 Holloway was not not included, and um, in nor was Pipkins on the all defensive team. I think both of those guys could have fit but I think when people vote um, they start looking at you know there's there's uh, 15 players on the all-conference team and 14 teams there's not a lot of, you know there's a lot of guys that aren't going to make it and I think when you're when you're honest a, a um, on one of the lesser teams the teams that are uh, predicted to be lower you ha- end up with a situation where those guys get left off
0: so was it what you get with some of these media days? Sometimes is there will be larger topics that you're trying to gauge the the sense of the conference coach's opinion at large. What were some of the bigger topics that either you brought up or just came up? Yeah, the thing
1: I always try to go in with a little bit of a plan, and I and I talked to uh, several coaches about the um, the FBI investigation and things going on with that, and there were co- you could tell. Uh, Phil Martelli was terrific. Phil Martelli uh, was confident. He's you know he 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 was he, Phil and he's always terrific. He was outspoken. Talked Tennessee about coach. St. Joe's, um, and he talked about uh, that you know that they need to to fix the the model and the, and that it needs to be this situation needs to be addressed um, going forward so this sort of thing doesn't doesn't happen again. And Mark Schmidt of St. Bonaventure had. Had similar things. Uh, I have this story in and on in Wednesday's Gazette about um, about this. That I I didn't use the quotes of everybody I, I spoke to. Um, I I spoke to Bob McKillop and Danny Hurley as well. And both of those guys, you you could tell this wasn't their favorite topic to to go down. And both of them said, "Well, each school has to." Has to kind of police itself and and you know and look in the mirror and and, and the presidents and so forth. I didn't use it simply because it's it's an it's an answer where there's a lot of words and not saying a whole lot because because that's at, to expect each school to to actually have a uh, have have a solution and have each school um, to rely on every school to to be moral and and ethical. Is, is seemed seemed um, seemed unlikely and and so i i didn't uh i didn't use what uh what those those guys said so I talked a lot to a lot of people I picked the the uh the the best of them plus i i used uh, Matt McCall talking about how he hopes that this does isn't kind of a cast of shadow over the
0: season as a whole, so you've gotten to more of a chance to work with Matt McCall since he's been hired what's what's been your impression of him so far you know it's uh,
1: i'll be I'll be curious to see he seems to be um very much uh Trying to to be positive, he's the, there's you know he's he's been hit with some things and um, rather than lamenting oh this is our programs you know facing you know ha- having a rough time with these injuries and Jalen Brantley he seems to be like trying to figure out in each situation how he can how he can be the most successful. From talking to other people about him around campus, there seems to be people seem to be impressed with his. His approach that he's—they've kind of—I've heard him spoken to as a uh, creative thinker, um, and so, somebody that that uh, uh, I'll be curious to see as this year goes on how this team's deve- develops, how it changes, and and how it uh, and you know how the players come together, and and so I'm finding him interesting so far. I'll, I'll be curious to see how it how it all comes. I'll have a story um, for. Thursday's Gazette about um, new Dayton coach Anthony Grant was an assistant coach at Florida when McCall was starting there as a um, as you know, early in his coaching career, and he he talked a lot about young Matt McCall. So you you all have that to uh, to look forward to as well. I think
0: young Matt McCall was his rap name back in the day. <laughs> and thanks for joining us this week on the UMass Sports Podcast. If you like what you've heard, you can make sure and subscribe to us on. SoundCloud, as well as the iTunes podcast store and Google Play, you can find us on GazetteNet.com. Matt, if uh, these people are interested in seeing what you're up to on a day-to-day basis or getting more information on UMass Sports, how would they do that?
1: Go to the UMass page at GazetteNet.com. You can find me on Twitter at DHG. That same handle will bring you to my Instagram Account which has you know exciting things like pictures from that are UMass sports related or weird vanity plates, which sometimes I I like to have. You can also look for Gazette UMass on on Facebook to have your UMass sports news delivered right into your news feed.
0: And I'll be at KyleGRBWSK. I only follow Matt's Instagram for his vanity plates, and we will talk to you guys next week.